0: Why? Jesus loves me time with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. I want to show you how iniquity entered God's kingdom or how iniquity, sin, rebellion entered the universe. Ezekiel chapter 28 I pray that you open your heart today because not only are we to tell this gospel but we are to embrace it if you are a believer to use it to establish the kingdom of God wherever you are and wherever you go. Ezekiel chapter 28 my emphasis is verse 15 but let's take it from Verse 11. So that you understand. I want to read this scripture. And I will ask a question. Whether you can tell me what the Bible. Or who the Bible was talking about. Or describing here. Ezekiel 28 from verse 11. Through 15. I am reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Moreover the word of the Lord came to me. Saying son of man. Take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. And say to him. That says the Lord God. You were the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond. Beryl, onyx, and jasper. Sapphire, turquoise. An emerald with gold the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created verse 14 you were the anointed cherub who covers I established you you were on the holy mountain of God you walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones that is stones with fire Verse 15 says, You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Somebody say, Amen. Look at verse 11. He said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. Tyre is a place in Palestine. But from the subsequent verses, 12 through 15, can you tell me, was God describing a man or a different entity? You can answer my question. Who do you think God was talking about? Come again. Someone say Lucifer. So why did God mention the name Tyre here? A place in Palestine. Alright. Suffice it to say that, just like in the Psalms, you hear somebody like David through his experiences, crying out and said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yet, prophetically, David was talking about someone who will live to fulfill that scripture. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? Likewise, that is the way God, it is called the, the parallel of scripture. God can use a situation, an entity, a person, whose experience may be, you know, this is what has happened in this day. God may describe his situation and yet, prophetically, God may be describing something bigger and greater. And in this case, as you and I have agreed, we will discover that even to say that you were the anointed cherub, that covers, that that tells you that this is not a man because men are not cherub. When we say cherub, we are talking about a celestial being. The cherubim are are a, a rank of angels. So to speak, just like the seraphim, they are also a rank of angels, different from the normal angels that operate, you know, around the throne of God or in the midst of God's people. So when he said you are the anointed cherub that covers, automatically, you and I know that that typically describes somebody called Lucifer. Someone say Lucifer. All right. So, have you gotten the picture? Look at verse 15 again. Verse 15 summarizes everything. It says, you were perfect in your ways. From the day you were created. This is a creature. This is not the creator. It's a created being. You were perfect in your ways. From the day you were created. Till iniquity was found in you. Okay. Let's go on to Isaiah 14 and find out how did this iniquity get into God's creation. Because until iniquity was found in this creature called Lucifer, there was nothing like iniquity or rebellion or sin in the whole of God's creation, in the whole of the universe. There was nothing like that. So this was the first time iniquity was found in the creation of God. Are you there? Isaiah chapter 14. Let's find out how did iniquity enter this creature of God? Isaiah 14 verses 12 through 14. Alright. Here again the prophet Isaiah says how you are falling from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how you are cut down to the ground you who weakened the nations. For you have set in your heart. Have you seen that? What did Lucifer do? He had set something in his heart. And God knows the thoughts and the intents of us. I said, God knows the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. For you have set in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Number one, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That is the angels of God. Okay? Number three. I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Hmm. Number four, verse 14 says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. This was the biggest one. He said, I will be like the most high. Verse 15 says, Yet you shall be brought down to shoal, that is hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. Hallelujah. When you read on and on and on, you will see a further description of this creature called Lucifer. This was how iniquity was found in Lucifer. This was God's creation. And then, as the anointed cherub who covers the throne, because he was so close when we read Ezekiel 28, we discovered that he was on the mountain of God. So close, and he was a creature that could walk in the stones of fire back and forth. Not all angels of God can walk through the stones of fire, but this was a special creature. In Isaiah 28, Ezekiel 28, we saw how the Bible describes the pipes that were in him. He and describes the kind of metals that were used to create him. This was a wonderful creature, a spirit being for that matter. He didn't have flesh, he didn't have blood. This was a special creature and then as he saw how all of God's angels gave God the worship, he also felt that I will also ascend. Look at his words. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also, look at the word, I will also He saw God and he said, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That was dangerous. This was when iniquity was found in his heart. He said it in his heart and the beautiful thing about our God is that God looks at the heart, including the heart of angels. But men you and I, we look at the outward appearance. Just to give you an idea of what the Bible meant by iniquity, iniquity is rebellion. Tell your neighbor, iniquity is rebellion. All right. And for that matter, when iniquity was found in Lucifer, he became a rebel in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of heaven. Then he passed that iniquity to one-third of God's angels. He began to poison the minds and the hearts of one-third of God's angels. Think about it. You have a host of angels. Let's say this whole room is the host of angels of God. You divide it into one, two, and three. And Lucifer managed to convince one-third of the angels against God. So he poisoned the minds of these angels, poisoned the minds of these creatures, And as it were, they decided that they were going to do coup d'etat against God. According to scripture, God did not fight because the creator would never fight the creator. That is too cheap for God to do. So, Michael, another archangel, had to mobilize the two-thirds of the angels. The Bible says Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels, and Lucifer and his angels did not prevail, and their place was not. Why? Because they booted them out of heaven. Hallelujah. Now listen. The reason why they needed to be booted out of heaven was simply because God cannot countenance iniquity. God cannot what? Countenance. He cannot behold. It's just like every one of us here, we can all tell what we cannot tolerate. There are some things that you just can't tolerate. It just puts you off. It it does something to you that will irritate you. That can even make you vomit if care is not taken. Am I saying the truth? All of us here. Likewise, God, the creator, he bears all things. He bears with our iniquities. He bears with our infirmities. But he cannot countenance There is no way, if there is even an iota of rebellion, of iniquity, of sin in his kingdom, he cannot countenance it. Can I tell you why? You see, we look at the outward appearance, so we don't even know what God is actually describing. But suffice it to say that under the law of Moses, God made us aware, at least to give us a glimpse, an idea of how this rebellious nature, this sin nature, this iniquity looks like. And so he made the law of Moses describe that anybody who becomes leprous amongst you, that person is symbolic of sin, is symbolic of rebellion, is symbolic of iniquity. Such a person should not live amongst you. Once somebody becomes leprous or becomes a leper, immediately he is supposed to be ostracized. He is supposed to be cast out of the camp and he is supposed to live even outside of the city where all of God's people dwelled. How many of us know who a leper is? Have you seen somebody who is a leper before? Ha- do you feel comfortable having handshake with a leper? I'm asking a question. Please answer me. Do you have do you have that flare, the flow? You see somebody who is a leper, and then you just want to embrace the person, give the person a hug, give the person you know a kiss. Do you do that? Do you feel comfortable where they set? food before you and the leper, and then you have to put your hands together in the same bowl and eat from the same bowl. Are you comfortable with that? I know there are people who, in this country for instance, who go to the state of caring for lepers, sharing love, because the lepers are ostracized, they are in a leprosarium somewhere, and then some people have taken upon themselves as the assignment to be taking care of such people. Nonetheless, I can tell you that they do all these things with some boundaries and with some limits, true or not true? That is a picture of how God cannot countenance the sin nature, the iniquity that Lucifer inherited when he when he rebelled against God. Immediately, he, he, he inherited something that was never part of God's creation. It is called sin. And on the inside, the person looks like a leper, though he may look very nice on the outside. Are you there? All right, so this was how iniquity entered God's universe. And then, strangely, very, very strangely, this Lucifer managed to speak through a serpent. He walked into the garden where God had planted the first man called Adam and his wife, Eve. He walked into the garden and managed to deceive the woman. The Bible said the man was not deceived. Take note. It was a woman who was deceived. And unfortunately, because the man was not deceived, And he heeded to the voice of the woman. The man committed high treason. God called it disobedience. Do you know what happened? The moment Lucifer entered through the serpent. And began to talk to the woman. And the woman disobeyed God. And then made the husband also disobey God. Immediately Adam heeded to the voice of the serpent. Take note. Immediately. Not only did Adam lose his authority over the earth. If he only lost his authority over the earth, that should have been even enough. But the worst happened. Do you know the worst? What happened, which was worse than losing his authority over the earth, was that Adam now inherited the same nature. The iniquity that was in Lucifer, the rebellious nature, he inherited it. Why? Because everyone will inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. Can I say that again? I said you will always inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. So when Adam listened to the voice of the serpent, there was a transference of a nature called iniquity which was never part of God's creation as far as the Adamic race is concerned. It was never God's intention to make us have the same nature. We were not born or we were not created with that nature. But when Adam listened to the voice of the serpent he got a transference. There was an impartation. So, man still looked very nice on the outside. Unfortunately for him, he even discovered for the first time that He was naked. All that while, it was the glory of God that had covered him. But when he sinned, when he disobeyed God, he got an awareness. That is why in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Why did the Bible say all have sinned? All have sinned because every one of us, apart from Jesus Christ, who was not conceived through the seed of Adam, all of us, born of a woman, born into this world, was born with that same sin nature that Adam inherited, and he passed that nature through his seed, let's call it his spermatozoa, he passed it through his sperms to all his descendants. So when God looks at man, He may look nice on the outside, but God is seeing something else that he cannot countenance. Because God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. So we may hail you. We may celebrate you. We may say, oh, you look nice. You smell good. Look at your perfume. Look at your makeup. Look at your dress. You are so nice. But God sees something differently. He sees a nature that he could not countenance when it first entered heaven. He, He had to let Michael and his angels boot Lucifer and his angels out of heaven. Here again in man's world this nature had been inherited. And do you know what? People of God unfortunately for Lucifer and his angels they are not flesh and blood. So, so long as they had inherited that nature, or they had, as it were, by that nature into themselves through disobedience, through rebellion. That nature remained in them forever. If Lucifer had blood, or he was flesh and blood, then somebody could have shed blood as their substitute to take care of their sins. Unfortunately, there was nothing like that. They are spirit beings angels are spirit beings. The cherubim are spirit beings. So, so long as iniquity was found in Lucifer, it was a done deal. There was nothing God could even do about it. Are you there? So, as far as scripture is concerned, there is a place that is reserved for all such rebels. In Matthew 25, verse 41, the Bible calls it the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you hear that? Matthew 25, 41 1. It says the everlasting fire prepared not for any human being. God never prepared the everlasting fire for any human being. Because for you and me as human beings, there is provision for our redemption. And I will tell you very soon why. However, unfortunately for Lucifer and his angels there was nothing God could do because he never created them flesh and blood. Now, why blood? Because the law of God, we're going to see very soon, the law of God is that without the shedding of blood, there is no washing away, there is no removal, there is no purging, there is no, there is no remission of sins. That's God's law. So if you don't have blood, then it means that nobody can come and die on your behalf, shed blood on your behalf as your substitute. So for Lucifer and his angels, it was a damn deal. Are you understanding why? Sometimes you hear people saying that, but God was not fair. Why did he make provision for man's redemption, but he didn't make provision for Lucifer and his angels? It was so because they were not flesh and blood. And there was nothing God could do about it. God will not break his law. I hope you know that. Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Bible says, he, he, he himself is subject to his own word. God himself is subject to his own word. He has exalted his word above all his name. So he will not break his word because of Lucifer and his angels. His His universal law is that without the shedding of blood you will see it very soon. There is no washing away of sins. So for Lucifer and his angels, that was, that was it. Period. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Let me show you something. Genesis chapter 3 from the beginning you can read from the beginning later on but let me take it from verse 21 what happened from verse 21 through 24 this was when Adam and Eve had disobeyed God and sin had entered their world but let's go on and see what happened verse 21 also for Adam and his wife please I want you to now begin to see something very beautiful that happened also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics. Other version says what? Coats, is that right? Coats of skin. That is animal skin. Take note of a revelation I'm going to show you very soon. God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Hmm. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. To know good and evil. And now. Lest he put out his hand. And take also. Of the tree of life. And eat and live forever. Therefore. let Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden. To till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Somebody say amen. What is scripture revealing here? Watch something. Bible says that God do you think God was so much concerned about covering the nakedness of Adam and Eve as much as covering something else? I want to show you something that happened. Right from the beginning, God wanted to show mankind that because he cannot countenance the sin nature, you see, what business had God got to do with the nakedness of man? That was not what God was looking at. Although we are made aware from the scriptures that he made coats out of animal skin and covered them, it was for the benefit of... Of man. For him to have his nakedness covered. But there was something more. That God wanted to cover. Which was the sin nature. That man had inherited. Which God cannot countenance. So when he killed the animal. Listen. When he killed the animal. And covered. Adam and Eve. With the skin of the animal. There was something else that God had in mind. The blood of that animal. Had to cover the sin nature because without the shedding of blood there is no remover but in this case animal cannot be a substitute for man so at best okay even if it will not remove the sin nature let the blood of animal cover the sin nature because I cannot relate with you if you have that nature that's what God was saying to them are you there there was no way God could connect with man again because of that which he had inherited the sin nature the rebellious nature just like you and I will find it difficult to relate with somebody who is a leper at close intimate fellowship is very difficult. So, the revelation in verse 21 is not so much about just being clothed or their nakedness being clothed, but as much as the same nature being clothed with the blood of the animal. Please, are you following me? Alright. Number two, in this same set of verses in Genesis 3, 21 through 24, the Bible says, God drove them out Of the garden. Because he said, behold, man had become one of us. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit talking here. And for him not to go ahead and eat of the fruit of the tree of life, let's drive him from this garden. And let's send cherubim with flames of sorts, which are flames of fire, to guard the tree of life. So that man will not go ahead to eat of the fruit of the tree of life. Because when man eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil he inherited the sin nature from Lucifer. Now if man had gone ahead to eat of the fruit of life the Bible says that he would have lived forever and if man lived forever it would have meant that he would not be able to die and if man could not die that means he would never have a substitute to die on his behalf are you there? So the reason why God had to drive them, sometimes God drives us. He will drive you. It Everything God does is born of love. Even when he is driving you crazy. Come on, move, move. Move away from here. It seems like, why is God doing that? But it was born of love. The Bible says God is love. Hallelujah. I said God is what? Love. So right from the beginning in the garden, we see the love of God demonstrated. It may seem harsh. It may seem like this is so strong a punishment. Why is God driving them from the garden of Eden? So that they will go and and do hard labor. But it was love so that man could die. And if man could die, then he can have a substitute who will one day come and die and provide the equivalent blood that will remove the sin nature. Please, are you following me? If you are clapping, let's clap to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because his love is beyond human comprehension, I'm telling you. All right, Okay, to confirm what I'm telling you, in Genesis chapter 4, you don't need to turn there. In Genesis chapter 4, we see the first two sons of Adam and Eve. What are their names? What are their names, people of God? Cain and Abel. The Bible says Cain was a tailor of the ground. He was a farmer who farmed, you know, on plant products. And Abel was a cattle rarer or somebody who read animals. Now, what made Cain and Abel decide to offer sacrifice to God, if not for the fact that, though Scripture is silent about it, if not for the fact that god must have instructed adam and to all his descendants that hey i cannot countenance this sin nature you are looking at the outward nothing seems to have changed to you but when i look at you i see something different so from time to time provide animal blood that will cover the sin nature until the best substitute that is Jesus Christ. Until the best substitute comes one, m- one day to remove the sin nature. So until the best substitute, that is Jesus Christ comes, continually offer animal sacrifices. I believe that was the instruction God must have given Adam and his wife and then his their children Cain and Abel. So lo and behold God expected sacrifice from these two. Then the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 4, the Bible says that Abel offered animal sacrifice and God was pleased with the sacrifice but Cain decided to offer fruits from his farm instead of taking an animal and shedding blood he did something else and the Bible says God was not pleased with the sacrifice are you there simply because that was disobedience God wanted the sin nature to be covered you cannot cover the sin nature with fruits it must be blood now so it it went on and on and on, you know. Cain killed Abel and all that. Somewhere along the line, God found a man called Moses, and then He gave him a law. Now, it didn't just become a requirement by I mean, a requirement for Adam and Eve and his children. Now, it became a law. So long as you believe in Elohim, the law was that. Whenever you find sin in your life, shed animals' blood and then cover that iniquity. And even that, the Bible says it was just for one year. And after one year, there was rehearsal of sins. So all throughout the period of the law, the law of Moses, animal blood was shed. But that blood, that sacrifice never I mean, could never take away the sin nature. It could only cover the sin nature because God cannot countenance the sin nature until the final sacrifice came. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 9. I'm talking about the gospel simplified. Hebrews chapter 9. I wish that we could read the whole of the chapter of Hebrews 9, but because of time, you can take time and read it yourself, but let me take from verse 22 through 26. Hebrews 9, 22 through 26 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Have you seen that scripture? According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Verse 23. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. 24. For Christ has not entered the holy place, places made with hands, which are copies of the true. But into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often. As a high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Somebody say amen. Did he see that? He says, but now, let me take verse 26 again. He then would have had to suffer for, suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, someone say once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared, Jesus has appeared to put away. This is not covering. This is put away. There's a difference between putting away and covering. He has appeared to put away sin not by the sacrifice of any animal but by the sacrifice of himself. Somebody say amen. This was what God had looked up to right from the fall in the garden. When man sinned, God provided blood to cover their sin by covering them with animal skin. But God was actually looking at something greater than just covering their nakedness. He covered their sin nature because he cannot countenance that nature and throughout their growth from Cain and Abel through the law of Moses it had been the shedding of blood, the shedding of blood but all these bloods that were shed could not take away it could not put away the sin nature it could not remit, it could not remove, it could not wash away the sin nature hallelujah please are you following me but here we find a man Who was born into this world. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Planted in the womb of a woman. Yet his source, the life of the flesh, according to the book of Leviticus, is in the blood. His source did not come from the first Adam. So Jesus had blood that was not contaminated with sin. Had Jesus ever sinned when he lived the earth, he could not have provided the best sacrifice. That could remove the sin nature. Are you there? The Bible says that he was in all points. Tempted like as we are. Yet without sin. What a savior. Hallelujah. Then as if that was not enough. When it mattered most. I have said it in this house before. And I can give you the description again. When it mattered most. The crucial moment was when he was in the garden. In the garden of Gethsemane. There was a very strong battle between the will of Jesus and the will of the Father. And he was torn between doing his own will or doing the will of the Father. He told his disciples that, look, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. Bear with me. Stand with me in prayer. Unfortunately, he came three times finding the disciples sleeping. I know sometimes it happens to all of us. When you need Somebody to stand with you the most, that is when the person actually slumbers in sleep. But glory be to God, there is a present help. Hallelujah. Bible says God is the present help in, in time, a very present help in time of trouble. And I pray that when you need help most, may God appear and help you. I say, May God be your strength, the pillar that will lead your life may God be the one that holds your life. So that in times of temptation, in times of trial, when you want to lean on the support of man you will find God as the arm that does not failed, for the arm of flesh will fail you. Are you there? In Gethsemane, Jesus was battling. The Bible says that even the sweat that came out of his paws was like thick claws of blood. The man was in deep agony. What was the battle about? It was about for the first time, he when God looks at him, he didn't have the same nature. Take note. Are you there? That is why on the day John the Baptist baptized him, the Bible said there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? I am well pleased. God was pleased with this man because all throughout his walk on earth, he never had the same nature. So God could relate with him. God could flow with him. God could commune with him. God could fellowship with him. Hallelujah. Even on the mount of transfiguration, a voice spoke again. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. He had something that humankind never had. Yes, he looked like everyone else, but there was something that God looks at. God looks at the heart. When God looks at Jesus, he sees that this man has never inherited a sin nature. There was no iniquity in him. Do you remember? Even Jesus Himself said that the prince of this world cometh talking about Lucifer, the prince of this world cometh, and he has nothing. In me. Satan didn't have his nature in Jesus. That is why he could not touch Jesus. Hallelujah. It was Jesus who willingly offered himself. Praise the Lord. Oh. That we will tell the simplicity of the gospel. Hallelujah. So what am I talking about? Jesus Christ was in Gethsemane And then he said, Father, if it is possible, Hmm, brother, and I'm telling you, this one, the Bible says, God did not spare him. The father had to keep quiet. If it is possible, it is like what I just described. Meeting somebody who is a leper, okay, and then embracing that person, or even possibly the person washes his hand, okay, or washes his body and gives you the water out of the washing and say, drink it. Will you be comfortable with that? Please, answer my question. Do you know what Jesus Christ was going to drink into his spirit? He said, if it is possible, let this cup, I have been drinking all kinds of cup, from all kinds of cup, but if it is possible, mm, let this cup pass over me. Then he said, yet not as I will, but your will be done. The father didn't say anything. He went to the disciples. They were, in deep, Bible said they are falling into deep sleep. Then he said, "Wake up! Wake up! This is the hour of sorrow, and you are sleeping." I said, "Stand with me in prayer." They didn't hear anything. Can't you even watch with me for one hour? They didn't hear anything. The Bible says he went back to prayer and fell on his face, on his knees, and prayed the same prayer: "Father, if it is possible, let this cup." pass over me. The father didn't say anything. The, but if, he said that, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me, but not as I will, but let your will be done. He went back to the disciples. They were still sleeping. He said, hey, you are not standing with me. This is part of temptation. And there is nobody standing with me. He was alone. The third time, the Bible says he went to prayer again. Look, look at the prayer he prayed the third time. He said, if this cup Will not pass over me then let your will be done. This was where we had the victory. Hallelujah. I said this was where you and I came in. The father prevailed over his son. God's will was that Jesus Christ will carry into his spirit for the first time the sin nature. He was born without sin. He didn't come through Adam's lineage so he didn't have that nature Adam and inherited had inherited from Lucifer. He didn't have it. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost. When the angel spoke Mary, the word that in the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary, the Holy Ghost took that word, okay, and planted it in the womb of Mary. Are you there? The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld the glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No sin. When God looks at him, he was so pleased with him. And he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. But for the first time, his spirit was going to come into contact with the sin nature. And it was a horrible thing. I'm telling you, it was so horrible. He dreaded it such that his sweat was like thick claws of blood. I believe that the actual description of that phrase, take claws of blood, was that his—he see when you are under tension and pressure, do you know your pores open up? When you are under tension and pressure, when somebody is frightened, all of a sudden, you see, you know, have you seen uh, the hair of your skin? Yes, yeah. His, His pores open up such that blood began to ooze from his blood vessels out of his pores. As if he was sweating. But it was a frightening experience for Jesus. To drink into his spirit. And the strangest thing about it is that. He offered himself through the eternal spirit. According to scripture. The same Hebrews chapter 9. He offered himself throughout the eternal spirit. So what he did was for eternal generations. From the first Adam to the last but one Adam. Who is not yet born. Because he died as the last Adam. So he was to carry into his spirit all of our sins. Think about it. The father allowed it. So when he carried my sin and your sin on the cross it was not possible for him to die. The father turned his back on him because the father cannot countenance the sin nature. But people of God there was a hidden agenda. Some said there was a hidden agenda. The Bible says, if the princes of this world had known this, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would not. That was a hidden agenda. When they pierced his side, when they put the, tongue, the crown of thorns on his head, when they were beating him up, all the blood that was shed, the blood from his palm, the blood from his feet, the blood from his side, all the blood that was shed was that powerful, that efficacious washed away the sin nature. So when he died our death, because he carried the sin nature, he descended to hell. And what we should have gone to hell to suffer forever. The Bible calls it everlasting fire. prepared for the devil and his angels. We should have gone to hell and from hell, we should have gone to the everlasting fire, just like Lucifer and his angels. Are you there? We should have. But he went into hell and there was a battle because he had a sin nature he was to suffer in hell but after he provided that blood that was picasios so powerful to wash away the sin nature after the sin nature was washed away what else? the man has paid the price so Bible says he was justified, hallelujah and was raised back from the dead somebody put your hands together to the Lord oh glory to God my god my god hallelujah so do you know what happened jesus christ because he carried my sin and your sin died death and your death and went to hell in my name and your name legally take note of what i'm saying legally jesus has saved all of humanity legally In other words, when God looks at man, something has been provided. That doesn't just cover the sins of man, but actually is efficacious to remove the sin nature. This one, you can't try any detergent. The blood of animals could cover the sin of man. But the blood Jesus Christ does not just cover, it removes. Someone say it removes. Are you there? You may try any detergent, I have been sinning in this house. You try YAS. I hope you know YAS. Or Ariel. Or So Clean. Or Omo. Or Acacia. Or any detergent that matter. I don't know which detergent that you use. It cannot wash away the sin nature. But there was something greater. The blood of Jesus Christ. Someone said the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. Jesus shed his blood. And that blood was that efficacious. To remove the sin nature. To wash away the sin nature. So if you hear this good news. That is why we call it gospel. If you hear this good news. That Jesus has paid the price for you and me. He actually took my place. Died my death. Went to hell in my name. If you hear this good news and you believe. The Bible says once you believe. You are made right with God. Are you there? Once you believe. Immediately one believes this good news that Jesus did it for me and for you or for him or her. Once you believe, there's provision through the same blood to wash away the sin nature. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Let me show you. Romans chapter 10. We must tell this gospel to the ends of the earth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved verse 10 says for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation Say amen. Are you getting the picture here? Once you hear the gospel or once you tell the gospel and somebody hears this good news that, oh, look, why are you struggling? Why are you trying to impress God with your righteousness why are you trying to make it look like what you are doing is what will end your salvation once the person gets to know that there is provision made for his own salvation and he believes that gospel the bible says with the heart once the person believes with the heart he is made right with God the heart man believes on righteousness are you there I said with the heart man believes unto what righteousness In other words, once you believe, the sin nature is washed away. But God doesn't stop. God doesn't stop there. He says, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Two things are happening here. First, with the heart, you believe you are made right. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What is scripture revealing here? What does the Bible mean by end with the mouth? Confession is made unto salvation. I want to explain something. You see, the devil has managed to convince a lot of people, those who have heard the gospel and have never believed. He has managed to convince them that it's okay so long as you are not misbehaving. So long as you are not fornicating, you are not committing adultery, you are not you know, living a life of drunkenness, idolatry, you are not doing all these things, but you are cool and collected. You are a nice person. You are always doing good. You are even building schools, giving scholarships, helping the poor and the needy. The devil has money to convince a lot of people that their good works Is what will save them. But child of God, our good works never impress God. The Bible says that the righteousness of man is as what? Filthy rags. When we have done so much right in this world and we have not been made right with God on the inside, God is not impressed. Because God doesn't look at those things that we do. He looks at the heart. Once the sin nature has not been washed away, once the sin nature has not been removed, it has not been remitted, it has not been done away with, God is not impressed by your good works. What impresses God, first and foremost, is when one hears that God, unlike animal blood, has provided his own blood. The Bible says we are purchased with God's own blood about it. Purchased with the blood of God himself. Once one hears that that blood has been provided for the purchase of man from sin, for the redemption of man, for the washing away of sins, and he believes, immediately he is washed on the inside. He's made right with God. The one who has not believed and who has not been washed, do you know what? This is the trick of Satan. Because the sin nature is still there, that person may not know That so long as the sin nature has not been washed away, he is still under the lordship of Satan. This is what the world must hear. Take note. I said, once the sin nature has not been washed away, you have not believed to be made right with God. You may be nice in society. You may even occupy big position in society. Governmental position, political hierarchy. You may be a, a big man in the in- industry of, you know, the banking sector or wherever. You may be a, a great man in society. But so long as the sin nature has not been washed away. And the sin nature can only be washed away when you believe that Jesus did all those things on your behalf. If he did that, then he saved you. So you believe that he is your savior. Once you believe, God removes the sin nature. By allowing the spirit of God to wash that nature from your spirit. It is not something we see with our eyes, but it happens in the spirit. Are you there? But the one who has not received remission of sins. Take note of what I'm going to say. May not know that the sin nature, so long as it remains in you, brings you under the Lordship of Satan. So in this world, there are two laws. Either you are under the Lordship of Satan or under the Lordship of Christ. There is nothing like you are your own Lord. Never. Those who have not embraced the gospel, they believe that as for them, they they are on their own. There is nothing like a neutral ground. And it is a trick of Satan. You may never know until the day you exit the earth and realize that oh not knowing all this while you were under the lordship of Satan and you didn't know. So once you are under his lordship, once you, as it is earth, you go where your lord is. Where? Hell. And from hell you go into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Not for any human being. Unfortunately, unfortunately, very unfortunately, there are a lot of human beings who have already found themselves in hell. Unfortunately. Hell is like a cell. You have not yet been judged. Until you are judged, you are confided in a cell. Once your judgment comes, then you are put into prison. The real imprisonment is the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, not for any human being very unfortunately we have found human beings who have already found themselves in hell don't you know that even hell will be cast into the everlasting fire at the white throne judgment the bible says hell will give up the dead in them and all of them will appear before the white throne and be judged come and find whether your name is in the book of life once your name is not there oh yeah, go into the everlasting fire and hell will be cast there and the last enemy that shall be cast there is death As we are talking, they are human beings who should not have gone to hell but they are already there. Languishing to be tormented by Satan and his demons because Satan knows that as for him, whether he likes it or not, there is no reverser of his judgment, it is forever sealed. Nothing can be done about his judgment. His place is the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. But he has money to deceive man, money to convince man that okay, it's okay to live your life. What do you have to do? What do you have to do with this gospel? Is it gospel? I'm somebody dying, and you say it's gospel is good news, brother and sister. It is good news. I say it is good news. It is good news before because God had a hidden agenda, He had. that was hidden in the flesh of his son and because his son didn't commit his personal sin, what he carried in his spirit was my sin and your sin and when he shed his blood, that blood washed the sin nature and when he was justified we were justified, Bible says he was justified in the spirit, when the sin nature that he carried in the spirit was washed away by his blood that he shed, we were justified so once you believe, you are made right to be justified means to be made right and once you confess that oh if this man saved me then I make him my lord once you confess his lordship you are born from darkness into his marvelous light God gives you a new nature it is called the righteousness of God not only does God remove the sin nature he gives you a new nature therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creation all things have passed away and behold all things have become new he gives you a new nature. Apart from that, he also gives you his very life. The life of God. The Bible says, he who has the son has life. He has zoe. Someone says zoe. That's the life of God. I've got the life of God on the inside. I've got the nature of God on the inside. Apart from that, I have the spirit of God living on the inside. That's who we are. But the one who is not born again, he may still look like us dress like us, smell like us, put on the best suit and the best perfume but when God looks at him he is unclean, just like the leper was called unclean in Israel, he is unclean in the sight of God, that's why Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said that verily, verily, I say unto you, unless you are born again, marvel not that I say to you, that you must be born again this nature is not countenance in the kingdom. You cannot enter the kingdom without, without this nature being washed away. That was what Jesus told Nicodemus. He came for this purpose that the sin nature will be remitted, will be removed, will be washed away. We must tell this gospel, hallelujah. I said, we must tell this gospel. There are many out there who are doing good. No doubt about it. They are helping the poor. They are helping the needy. They are building schools. They are giving scholarships. They are doing all manner of good works. But if the sin nature is not washed away, you don't have a ticket to enter heaven, first and foremost. It is when the sin nature has been washed away, that God says, I give you access. It is relationship first. Then your good works will follow you. So your good works and never give you access until you have a relationship with Jesus. You must believe the gospel. I say you must believe the gospel. And when you believe the gospel, you must confess his lost And then you are born into the kingdom. You become the very child of God with his nature, with his life. The righteousness of God. That makes you so holy on the inside such that the Holy Spirit is even giving you to come and reside on the inside of you. Hey! That's a big one. Are you there? I said after the signature has been washed away, and God gives you His very nature and gives you His very life, that makes you so holy on the inside that you qualify to be the residence of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the greatest gift God has given to His church is for you and me to become His residence. Now we are we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives on the inside of us. Out of our belly flows rivers of living water. Oh, Masanda. we must tell this gospel people of God we must tell the whole world that the gospel is simple you don't need to do anything to save yourself he saved us by carrying my sin he died my death he went to hell in my name that is enough we must tell the gospel the whole world must hear this because this gospel of the kingdom must be preached unto all nations and then the end shall come Let me end with this. For those of us who have received remission of sins, this is the greater part, a benefit the world doesn't have, those who haven't received remission of sins yet. So long as you have received remission of sins and as if that was not enough, you have received God's nature into you and God's life on the inside of you. Listen, it means that the root, the source, the cause of every trouble you have ever suffered in this world, has been washed away. I said It has been removed. It has been what? Washed away. So when God looks at you, and you are struggling, he wonder. That is why he tells us to renew our mind. Because your mind was not born again. It was a spirit that was born again. But he wants your mind to be acquainted with your new reality. That you have something on the inside that makes you more than a conqueror. When Satan brings a mountain, you just know that the mountain has no root. Therefore, you say, mountain, be removed, and it shall go. This is the gospel. So all our struggles are a mirage. A child of God. I'm I'm not talking about the whole world. I'm talking about a child of God. The thing you are struggling with, the thing you are battling with, the thing that you you want to remove your trouble by removing the fruits, it doesn't work like that identify that somebody has already removed the root. So if the root is not there, then the fruit must not be there. So you can look at your trouble and say, trouble, Jesus provided his blood. In 1 Corinthians 6, 11, he says, you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified. So if I'm washed, then if the root is not there, then any trouble that I'm facing, I command you, go in the name of Jesus, and it will be. Today, before the close of this month, Your situation will obey your command. That trouble that has been eating you up, now you will eat that trouble as bread. I'll prophesy to somebody this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel, and we must tell it to the whole world that we are not like them. We may look like them on the inside or on the outside. We may look like them because we all dress the same way. You may be in the same office, you may be in the same vehicle, you may be in the same community, dressed like them, smelling like them, but on the inside, we are different. Say, I am different on the inside. I have I seen nature wash away. I now have a new nature, the righteousness of God on the inside. I have the life of God on the inside. Above all, I have the Holy Spirit resident in my spirit. I'm more than a conqueror. Listen, we must tell this good news. Let the whole world hear that Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, he died. Christ died. So that through his shed blood, we can receive remission of sins. And then receive a new nature, the righteousness of God. And then receive his very life and then receive his spirit please can't you see who you are on the inside that's why you don't have to look at your trouble look at what you have on the inside of you you are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you not he that is in the world you have something on the inside that is greater than sickness is greater than poverty is greater than hardship is greater than anything you can ever face say I got something on the inside when your trouble stares at you, you to look at that trouble eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, you are temporary. I command you trouble, expire, expire. Command your trouble to expire, And it will. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he said, no man eat fruit from you hereafter. It didn't look like anything had changed. It still looked green. It still looked fresh. Everything was fresh. And I believe for the first time the apostles said in their mind that mm, For the first time the master had said something and it didn't work Because nothing seemed to have changed But you know what happened? The Bible says the next day when they were passing by the same tree Peter called to remembrance and said Master look the fig tree which you cast has withered from the roots When God is dealing with our troubles He deals with our troubles from the roots the problem with a lot of God's children is that we want to deal with our problems from the fruits. That is why you will not get it done. You want the headache to go? Identify that the root of that headache has been removed. So if the root is not there, the headache, go! It's a must! You are not going to pamper the headache. Are you there? You are not going to say, oh headache, I don't know why you are there, please. No! Identify, first and foremost, that if the root is not there, then it's a must. Headache, you are going. He He says, you are going. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Identify God's children must identify that we are not like them. We have something on the inside, and very soon we're going to be like Jesus on the outside. Bible says, Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. We're going to see him face to face. In first John chapter 3, he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God. Do you know what that means? I hope you know that a God gives us a good. So if God is giving back to you, are you not a God? That we we who didn't count, we should be called the sons of God. The Bible said, therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. When Jesus walked with them, they said is this not the capital son? We know his father. We know his mother. Didn't he grow up? We know even his brothers and sisters. So who is this one that says he's the son of God? They didn't know him, so they will not know us. They will not know us, but they don't know that we have something on the inside. Verse 2 of 1 John 3 says that, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Some say, now. Are we the sons of God? And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Like him where? On the outside. We are already like him on the inside. But we shall be like him on the outside. But we shall see him as he is. Oh, I like that. That's the believer's hope. In July, I'll preach a message called the believer's hope. Or the, the hope of the Christian. Or the hope of Christians. Whichever way we'll put it. For we shall see him as he is. And verse 3 says, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. The reason why sometimes we struggle with sin is because we are not living in hope of his coming. So you find yourself struggling. You just, you, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. There's no restraint. There's no boundary. You just live like every other person. But when you have a vision that, hey, I'm living in hope of his coming, you will purify yourself. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I bless you. May you become a messenger of the gospel. A dispenser of the gospel. May you tell this good news to the whole world. Let the whole world know that Jesus has already died. Jesus has already shed his blood. Jesus has already saved the whole world. But when they believe, then that legal salvation becomes their vital experience. It becomes their vital salvation. When you believe anything is possible. The reason why anything is possible is because once the root is not there, then that thing you are seeing, it must not be there. And it can be removed if you only believe. I don't know why He sacrifices life all oh, that i